welcome to episode one, season one of the Dr. Karina Smith podcast, conversations about yin yoga and Chinese medicine. This is, do you like to use props in your yin yoga class, in your yin yoga practice? Do you like to use props in your yin yoga practice? I do. <laughs> I remember though, this was a few years back, this was in Melbourne, uh, we had a lovely guest teacher come for a series of yin classes. Brilliant, amazing teacher. But they had a tendency at a certain point in the sequence to, to manage the props in a way where they said that at that time in the duration of being in that yin posture, now it was time to remove your props. Now it was time to remove the block or now it was time to remove the bolster or whatever the prop might've been at the time. And I found that really jarring. I wasn't ready for that. And I, I wonder how they can standardize that in their teaching. I can appreciate where that might've come from at a certain point over time, tissues are going to lengthen. Bernie Clark talks about that kind of stuff all the time. I get that. But the problem that I had with that is the, the managerial aspect of someone external to me telling me when I, when I could or couldn't have the props made me feel really unsettled. I actually think that I cried. <laughs> I must've been having a really tender day but that feeling of not being able to decide for myself deeply, deeply affected me. But at the same time, it also really inspired me to make sure that I'm very, very open in the way that I talk about props in my classes. Because I don't know what someone has come into the class with. I have no idea what's going on for people emotionally. I have no idea what's going on in people's private lives. I have no idea what their pain states are, how stiff their bodies are. And on that one day where you can cuddle up into a bunch of props, that might be the exact kind of support that you need. And I, for me, I just don't feel like that's something that I can cue to not have or cue to be taken away for somebody. So I really appreciate that I had that experience because it made me think a lot about the psychology of what props can represent in a yin practice. And things are different when we're learning online, when we're, when we're doing our classes online, because at home you may not have all of the props that you might've had at a studio. Maybe you are still practicing at a studio, which is fantastic. I think the props are amazing. Sometimes there's this stigma still that the props mean you are a beginner, that if you're using props in a shape, you have some kind of a handicap and that they're there because you're not, you're not very good at yoga yet, <laughs> which is a complete, complete lie. There are lots and lots of different ways to use the props to actually intensify sensation in yin yoga, which surprises people. So the way that I structured the manual when I was creating my yin yoga teacher training was that I would share different examples of how you could use props to take the intensity down out of a shape, 
generally speaking. I can't say for certain that everybody will find that that lessens the sensation for them. And then on the flip side to that, different ways that you can use the props to actually take the sensation up. And when you're explaining that in the class, instead of just saying there's a block there if you want to use it, you could say the block could be used to intensify this. This is how you might do that. Or if you're finding that this is already pretty intense, here are some ways in which you could bring it down. Or here's an entirely different shape that you could use to target the quads or the hip flexors if you're finding this particular shape is too much for you. When I was teaching in studios, I really enjoyed, I would make a joke about it when students come in, I would say, grab a shopping trolley and you're gonna want a bolster, two blocks, a belt, a blanket, and, and just put them all in your cart and take them in. I felt much better as a teacher with students having a plethora of things around them to pick and choose from in their class. And if they didn't need them, fine. But if they did, they were there. And I really enjoyed watching people experiment with the props, using a block at a different height, or going off, going off road with what I'd instructed and finding a very unique tailor-made way for them to get into their glutes, for example, or to get into their back tissue. I love that because to me, it's this, it's this aspect of autonomy that completely lights me up. For a really long time, yoga has been so prescriptive and cued in a very, very particular manner. And we're only just now starting to find out that there's a whole lot of different ways that we can come into a posture. If we're thinking about the intention of what that posture is, if we can come away a little bit from these aesthetic ideals of exactly where a foot should be pointing or exactly where your fingers should be, then we can discover new ways to explore the shapes and in yin even more so because you're there for time. The sensations can change a lot from when you're in the first minute all the way to being in the fourth or the fifth minute and you might need something different. So I will always find that if I come into something like half pigeon or a shape that is intended to target my glutes, after a little while, mostly the sensation that I can feel is more compressive in the hip joint. So I need to move again. I need to find the next layer of that soft tissue experience because that's what I want from my time in the shape. And as it quietens all the way down after the first couple of minutes, I'm present to that. And as I'm present to that and paying attention, I've got to go find it again. And I'll find it with my trunk in a slightly different position, or I'll find it with my props in a slightly different position, and then I'll settle in for the next bit of time. And when I can see that happening with students in the room, I feel very, very satisfied because that curiosity for them to find it for them means that they are present to what they're feeling in their body. They are trying out something new and it means that they're really having their own experience of the practice. They're not just following my cues. And I love that. I love that so much. So what are some of the ways that you like to use props? One of the best things that I discovered was how to take half saddle up in intensity by using a block. 
This is not for everybody because most people are going to find that half saddle is pretty intense just as it is. But some of us are sensation junkies and it's okay to take it up a notch. Uh, I haven't offered this to too many people, but I will always say if anyone in the room feels like they want to experience a bit more, let me know and we can do a prop assist with this one. So you would come into half saddle and uh, place one foot, place the, the, the foot that's not being targeted on the target leg on the floor so that you can raise your hips just enough to slide a block on the lowest profile underneath the buttocks. There will be a tendency for people to want to slide it under the sacrum because that's what we usually do if we're coming into um, bridge pose with a block, supported bridge pose with the block under the sacrum. But I find if it's a slightly more under the buttocks, it just raises the pelvis up at the right place for that hip flexor and quad at the front to get more stress because of the lifting of the pelvis. Sometimes I've offered that to people and they've come in and, and then quickly backed out because it was too much. But then also other people have found that incredibly satisfying. So that's one thing that I've really enjoyed uh, about exploring the props. Oh, I really love a bolster under my belly in frog pose. I used to think you had to be up on your elbows and that says something about <laughs> old programs, doesn't it? You have to do it this way. Frog pose should be done this way. Knees should be here. Yeah, I'm not really into any of that now, but I do quite like a bolster under my belly in frog pose because I can sink into it especially when the sensation begins to get very strong in the adductor area. And it just fe feels right to me that the upper body can be totally relaxed into something and yield into something whilst the lower body is experiencing so much of the sensation. So that's something else that I really love. Maybe you're already thinking about ways in which you like to prop or ways in which you'd like to start experimenting more with the props. Maybe you found some kind of substitute at home in lieu of having blocks and bolsters that has supported you in a home practice. And if not, keep experimenting. The beautiful thing about yin yoga is that there's unlimited creativity. To the outside eye, it might seem like a simple practice with only a, a handful or a couple of handfuls of shapes to play with, but that creates such a scope for creativity, for you to find a brand new yin shape to share with all of us, or for you to start getting really creative with the way that you might be theming your class, which is a conversation for another day. So, to prop or to not prop, that's up to you. I love them, and I say, go forth and experiment with those props. To view the show notes from this episode and to subscribe, visit drkarinasmith.com forward slash podcast. And don't forget to check out Karina's online courses at drkarinasmith.com forward slash courses and use promo code SAFE10 to get 10% off.